Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Kings chapter 16 from the World English Bible. In the 17th year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He didn't do that which was right in Yahweh his God's eyes, like David his father, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, yes, and made his son to pass through the fire, according to the abominations of the nations whom Yahweh cast out from before the children of Israel. He sacrificed and burned incense in the high places, on the hills and under every green tree. Then Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to wage war. They besieged Ahaz, but could not overcome him. At that time, Rezin, king of Syria, recovered Eloth to Syria, and drove the Jews from Eloth, and the Syrians came to Eloth and lived there to this day. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Syria and out of the hand of the king of Israel who rise up against me. Ahaz took the silver and gold that was found in Yahweh's house and in the treasures of the king's house and sent it for a present to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria listened to him, and the king of Assyria went up against Damascus and took it and carried its people captive to Ker and killed Rezin. King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and saw the altar that was at Damascus. And King Ahaz sent to Uriah the priest a drawing of the altar and plans to build it. Uriah the priest built an altar. According to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus, so Uriah the priest made it for the coming of King Ahaz from Damascus. When the king had come from Damascus, the king saw the altar, and the king came near to the altar and offered on it. He burned his burnt offering and his meal offering, poured his drink offering, and sprinkled the blood of his peace offerings on the altar. The bronze altar, which was before Yahweh, he brought from the front of the house from between his altar and Yahweh's house, and put it on the north side of his altar. King Ahaz commanded Uriah the priest, saying, On the great altar burn the morning burnt offering, the evening meal offering, the king's burnt offering, his meal offering, with the burnt offering of all the people of the land, their meal offering and their drink offerings and sprinkle on it all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. But the bronze altar will be for me to inquire by. Uriah the priest did so according to all that King Ahaz commanded. King Ahaz cut off the panels of the bases and removed the basin from off them 
and took down the sea from off the bronze oxen that were under it and put it on a pavement of stone. He removed the covered way for the Sabbath that they had built in the house and the king's entry outside to Yahweh's house because of the king of Assyria. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaz, which he did, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Ahaz slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in David's city, and Hezekiah his son reigned in his place. That is the end of chapter 16. Just to begin with, a little Bible math. Since Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and his father Jotham only reigned for 16 years, Ahaz was about four years old when his father became king, and he probably met Azariah slash Uzziah, but probably didn't remember him much. He might not have been allowed to because of the leprosy. And then I wanted to include some notes about Hezekiah here, who we won't hear a lot about until chapter 18. But because Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old, and Ahaz only reigned 16 years as well, this means that Hezekiah was about nine years old when his father Ahaz became king. So he knew Jotham a little bit, and he was quite old enough to see the wickedness that his father was doing, including seeing him sacrifice his brothers on the pagan altars. Second Chronicles chapter 28 also describes Ahaz's reign, and it says in verse 3, very specifically, and he burned his children in the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom Yahweh cast out before the children of Israel. To align things on the timeline as we are going back and forth between the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah, notice that though we have a record of Pekah's death in the previous chapter, chapter 15, verse 30, that it was in the 17th year of Pekah's reign that Ahaz's reign in Judah began. There is another overlap between the two sections. In chapter 15, verse 29, it tells of Tiglath-Pileser leading some of Israel away captive. And then here in chapter 16, verses 5 through 9, we find out this was the result of Ahaz asking for help from Tiglath-Pileser because both Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and Rezin are attacking him. And then there's a third overlapping in Isaiah chapters 7 through 10. So first, in Isaiah 7, 1, Yahweh sends Isaiah to encourage Ahaz in spite of Ahaz's wickedness. But Ahaz spurns Yahweh in verse 12, saying he doesn't want to ask Yahweh anything. He's not being righteous like Jesus saying, don't test the Lord your God when you shouldn't be, which is what Jesus quotes in from Deuteronomy 6, 16. But here, Yahweh is saying, ask me something that I can do so that you can see that I am your God. And Ahaz is saying he doesn't want anything from Yahweh. He is refusing to receive a blessing, a miracle that would establish Yahweh as his God. But God gives him a prophecy anyway. And so then in Isaiah 8, 5, Yahweh explains through Isaiah how Ahaz will be judged, in particular because Ahaz chose to call on Rezin and Remaliah, referring to the son of Remaliah, for help instead of Yahweh. But even as Yahweh sends words of judgment, he also sends some of the great prophecies about the Messiah. 
that in chapter 10 of Isaiah, Yahweh mentions using Assyria to judge Israel, but then in verse 12 says Assyria is going to be in big trouble because of their arrogance and brutality in doing that. Going back to 2 Kings chapter 16, which we read, in verse 8, we have those treasures of Yahweh's house being taken away again. But here in particular, Ahaz does not hold them in high esteem. In fact, in verses 14 through 18, it describes how he dismantles and relocates Yahweh's altar for his own pagan rituals of inquiring, which implies asking for divination and things like that. And in fact, this is also spoken of in Isaiah chapter 8, verses 19 through 20, where it says, When they tell you, consult with those who have familiar spirits and with the wizards who chirp and who mutter, shouldn't a people consult with their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? Turn to the law and to the covenant. If they don't speak according to this word, surely there is no mourning for them. And here he's talking about the mourning of the daytime. And although the sacrifices that Ahaz is listing in 2 Kings 16 sound a lot like what God prescribed, at the very least, it was only some sort of ritual or acquiescence to letting those sacrifices go on. It surely wasn't being done the way God prescribed. But also in 2 Chronicles 28, it says in verse 24, Ahaz gathered together the vessels of God's house and cut the vessels of God's house in pieces and shut up the doors of Yahweh's house, and he made himself altars in every corner of Jerusalem. So he didn't just not worship Yahweh. He made it so other people could not worship Yahweh the way that it had been asked of them. This Uriah, the priest who is mentioned, is not quite clear to me. It seems like he was the high priest since this seems like how they refer to the high priests. And it looks like that other people think that this spelling here in chapter 16 of 2 Kings is a variation of how it is spelled in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 2, where there is a Uriah mentioned as a faithful witness after the things have occurred with Pekah and Rezin. So around the same time period. So even though Chapter 16 does not present Uriah in a favorable light. He seems to have been doing something right, according to what Isaiah said. And not that it's an excuse, but I expect that his life was probably at stake if he didn't follow Ahaz's instructions. So here in chapter 16 of 2 Kings, and then also in 2 Chronicles 28, we have the description of Ahaz, a king who is totally committed to the worship of false gods involving the destruction of Yahweh's house, closing it up so other people can't worship, and burning his own children. All of this, even though he has direct communication from a prophet of God to him, calling him back to true worship. It's a sad story indeed. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 